From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hutch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Jam presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, it is your show, Renegade Express. Lots of questions about Miami, Jordan Travis, Mission Takeaway. We'll get to all of it. We'll try really hard. Promise. Wake Up War Jam presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com. That is the website. Pull out your phone. Open up the camera app. Hit that barcode. It's called the QR code. It takes you right to the website. You can put your order online. Check out the menu. Get directions and make some plans for this weekend because it's Miami weekend. And if you're not going to be down in Seminole Hard Rock, which I was told to specifically emphasize, go check out Corner Pocket. All sorts of great games. you got A&M in Florida at noon, Georgia uh, versus Tennessee. I don't know if that's three, a great one, but it's, a, it's an intriguing one. Right? Sorry. Already, Corey. Already. Sorry. Uh, my out of my sales. Trying to come strong on a Friday. Trying to come mm. strong on a Friday. 3.30. Tennessee, Georgia, and then obviously 7.30, primetime, ABC. I think that would mean Kirk and Chris on the call. But I don't know. Maybe they'll move them somewhere else. Who knows? But I would think Georgia, Tennessee is on CBS. So, anyhow, find out. Watch in. Tune in. But go to Corner Pocket Bar. Have a great weekend. I think LSU Alabama is is maybe the eight. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe LSU like, Alabama is ESPN? It is, yeah. So, they might do. Yeah. Maybe they'll do that. I one. assume they're they're doing that one, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, LSU number 10. A lot of people upset about that. But, it um, is crazy, right? Like, what, what, what do you think Florida State would be ranked if they had beaten NC State? If they had beat, won the game they should have, so they'd be six and two with a win over LSU. What do you think they'd have been ranked in the uh, initial college football playoff rankings? Like low teens, seventeen, eighteen, something like that, yeah. probably. Yeah. Even though they they would have the same record as LSU and beat them, and it wasn't a fluke win. Oh. Uh, that's just how it works, right? That's the beauty of being in the SEC. You lose close. You lose by 35 to t- Tennessee at home. It's like, well, Tennessee's awesome. Mm. No no shame in that. And then you get all these chances to beat a good team. So that's the beauty. It's just, it re- it just it's cyclical. Yeah, but they'll lose this weekend, right? And it won't matter. Right, right. That's a de facto SEC West Championship game. So yeah, they could they could pull it off somehow, but. Don't see it. All right. Uh, I could probably go on a rant about that, but I'm not. Let's go to the people. Let's start off. It's Renegade Express. I've gone ahead and checked all the questions, Corey. We've bundled up several of them. This one, though, kind of stands. No, it doesn't stand on its own. We're going to bundle it up with something. Wake up. Dalvinism says. Oh, Dalvinism. Welcome back, man. I feel like he's one of these guys we'll probably only see for about eight more months, and he won't renew his uh, his uh, subscription. talk about him like that. Hey, you, he, you? he left us. He left us during the losing streak. Now it's Miami. Oh, he's that's back. right. Good call. Come Good on, everybody. Call. Listen. If I had a kid, I'd go to all of his games, much like Corey goes to his, his son's games. But when, mm-hmm. it become a, when it became apparent that he wasn't going to go Division One, I, I wouldn't just stop going to the games. I would keep going. You guys still show up for your kid. Just because they lose, just because it's not a big rivalry week, we need you here, everybody. All right? Amen, Haslon. Amen, need you buddy. Here. Love you, Dalvinism. Wake up. Thinking back to last year's Miami game, do you think that was the most important moment of the Norvell era so far? If they don't convert that fourth and 14 and finish with a five-win season, there would probably have been a ton more hot seat talk this year, and that win over Miami seems to be when he won over the vast majority of the fan base. Thoughts? And we will um, – yeah, yeah, never mind. I got the, oh, the numbers are all wrong. This is going to be a really weird show. I went and pre-read all of them, and I screwed it up, but it's fine. 
We'll figure mm. it out on the fly, Corey. I'll stop talking. What do you think? Was that the biggest win of the Norvell era? Uh, yeah, but I don't. I, I don't know that there would have been hot seat talk. Four and eight, five and seven. It was still a down year, and he still ended poorly. That was a bad loss. That you know that I would say right now that Florida loss is probably if 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 we're just going the last two seasons because we maybe we'll kick COVID to the curb and not count that as much. I think that was the second worst loss of his tenure. That Florida loss. That that team had no fight. Um, until you gave it a reason to. That quarterback just kept throwing interceptions to you. Um, you didn't matter. You had something to play for. They had nothing to play for. They were an interim coach, and you still lost that game. So that wasn't a good look. But, yeah, I think I, I would say Miami, unless you want to fast forward to the LSU game, only because of what it would have meant if they lost that LSU game. That in would that have been. Because in that fashion, not because of like, yeah. Not because, oh, there's shame in losing to we, what we said. Apparently, one of the 10 best teams in the country. There's no shame in losing to them, but how they would have lost it, just getting just falling apart um, in the fourth quarter, the, the pitch play near the goal line where you, you literally could almost take a knee and win the game, that would have been really hard for him to come back from. But Shaheem Brown came and saved the day. Mm-hmm. Moving along. Thank you, Dalvinism. I agree with pretty much everything Corey stated uh, because that LSU game could have could have uh, gone sideways, but it was a pretty good defining win. But obviously the Miami game, things were on the cusp there. And it, again, they lost to Florida, and we really don't hold it against them that much because that Miami game. Had they not won the Miami, that would have been a double whammy. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely I, – I, I think you could say it's the biggest win. It's always a big win to beat your rival, especially the year before when you lost 52-10 to 10 to the same team. So to come back and beat them, yeah, I do think that's number one on his list. But LSU is really close, really close because of what a loss would have meant in that LSU game. Hey, hey man, he's beat a number five team, North Carolina. We're not even talking about that one. So yeah, and he's got a number ten team on his on his uh, bedpost now, right? Yeah. Does that count as a win over a top ten team? Sure, sure. Okay. We'll do that. I mean, yeah, we'll figure it out. Noel Boyo two. We'll package this one with our guy Jamaica Noel. Noel Boyo two. Wake up, guys. Miami week. My flags are flying. Wondering who will be the breakout player. He says Micah Pittman. Because of the why I left Oregon video he made. From the time he transferred, he believed that he would have his best game against Miami because he wants to stick it to Mario. What do you think? Our guy Jamaica Knoll, his name is Justin. He's from San Diego. He met you, Corey, in New Orleans at the Howlin' Wolf before making their way over to the next bar. He followed you through that hurricane that popped up, he said. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. What so, a what a deluge. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's in San Diego. He's rooting for the Holiday Bowl if they can't make a New Year's mm. Six Bowl. His question is, what offensive and defensive player do you think needs to have the biggest impact in these remaining games to secure the next five wins? So I guess let's look at biggest impact player Saturday, tomorrow, and then who we think maybe going forward the rest of the season. I like the Micah pick. I think there's some love loss between he and Mario. And this, you know, we haven't seen him quite really break out and have a, a just a, a dominating performance, but this Miami Linebacking core is, is banged up, so there might be stuff in the middle of the field that he can kind of exploit, and the back end hasn't been all that tidy uh, throughout the season. So I, I like to pick up Micah Pittman against Miami. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how much stuff is run specifically for him. I, I don't think Norvell is the kind of guy that's like, yeah, let's let Micah go off against his former coach. I, I don't think that uh, w- will enter his thought process at all. So they're going to call a specific game plan just to feature Micah. I do think Jordan Travis and Micah Pittman are good friends, and I do think Jordan Travis might look for number four, knowing what this game means to him a little bit more than usual, which isn't the right thing to do necessarily. Just find the open guy, not just concentrate on four. But, yeah, uh, Pittman's a good choice. I mean, I guess I'll always fall back to Johnny Wilson. I think he's going to to have the most targets. 
So he's going to have the most chances uh, to make a play, especially in a game like this. I feel like, you know, I know he dropped some crucial passes against NC State, but they went to him when it mattered. Um, and that, that last drive of the game, when nothing's going right, and you can, you've got one first down the whole second half, you can't just lob it up down the sideline and your guy might make a catch. And that's what he did. And I feel like maybe in rivalry games and in tough environments, you go to 14 a little more. So I'll say I'll say Johnny Wilson. And then on the defense, and also Trey Benson's going against his former coach now too. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's happening too. And then on the other side. Um, he was a running Jared, back though. Mario likes running backs. Mario that's true. Like but he, he yeah. didn't like Trey Benson. He only had like five carries there. Well, I, guess um, he blew up, but I would say uh, Jared Verse. Yeah, Jared, that's that's a guy if you want to close out the next five games would probably be my pick. I was going to pick some sort of mystery player on the defense, whether it be a corner opposite Renardo that kind of emerges. But, yeah, if Jared Verse, these next games, Syracuse, let's harass the heck out of their quarterback. Let's harass the heck out of AR or whether Anthony Richardson. Uh, he's going to be crucial, I think, to the next five games. For yeah. sure, for sure. Good, good pick, Corey, good pick. Hey, thanks, buddy. All right, let's package these two together. Uh, it's our guy, Don Ruggins. Get it? Dugans, Rugans. Mm, uh, so he says, as on Corey, wake up. Do we have more? This is, yeah, we'll do quickly kind of back to back. These are these ors, these or questions. More rushing yards or passing yards Saturday? What gives us the better chance to win and why? I mean, I would always say more rushing yards. That means you're kind of controlling the game. You're controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, uh, so that, I think that's, especially this is a run-oriented team. So if you're running for more yards than you're passing, that's, because you got to figure you're going to pass for around 220 at least, at the very least. So if you're running for more than that, man, you've controlled the game and had a good game. Um, so I would say that. that that That's that's my reasoning. And also it can demoralize the defense if you can't stop the run. And so that would uh, that would be a very nice uh, – that'd be, that'd be a very nice thing for, for the offense to be doing is just running it down their throat. Because then you can throw off of that because they're going to have to at some point bring somebody else into the box to help stop the run if they're just getting mauled. And then you take a shot over the top with big number four for a touchdown against his former coach. Yeah, that's a good question. Miami's averaging 229 yards allowed through the air, 113 on the ground. That's 24th in the country, the rushing defense. Um, but I think Florida State is just so – again, we, we mentioned balance on the show the other day, and it's not necessarily what your reps are. I think it's just how your production is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know this – this could be one of those games where maybe Jordan throws for 275 and they run for 220. That's, well, that'd be good. That's a that'd combination nice. to win the football game. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'll trust the running. I'll trust the rushing attack because that also sometimes does you fear that if you're Jordan's legs as well. So if you're throwing the ball a lot, does that mean you're behind? No, but I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's 2022. This kid's played in 20 games now, I think, and they've got some weapons and. You know, you got an offensive line that's pretty decent. You know, you can you can fling it around. You can go twenty five of thirty seven for two seventy. That's okay. All right. You know, that's only thirty seven. Okay, they're gonna be throwing around. I got you. Bad formula, but yeah, I just uh, they do run the ball. They're so committed to it. I'll, I will stick with the running attack. Uh, that's probably uh, the way they'll get her done here. Uh, and then our next either or comes from Teacher Noel. Wake up. How productive do you think the run game and secondary have to be in order to get a win versus Miami? Maybe not either or, but kind of same family-ish. Though, talking run game. And the Florida State defensive secondary. How, successful, how productive does a run game for Florida State have to be and the secondary for Florida State in order to get the win? Well, I, I wouldn't think they're going to 
I mean, look, I, I don't think the offense has to have a great game for them to win this game. They better not have to. Like, you know, I, I, I think we've talked about, like, mid-20s should be enough against this offense. But it would be a bad sign if they're not running the ball well. They've, they've run the ball well. Other than what, man? Like, the second half against NC State? They've kind of run the ball on everyone. Um, and NC State's got a good defense, and they ran for, you know, 70 of those was where your, was your running quarterback running the ball in one play, but that counts. Um, he did run the ball. He's a good runner, and he had a 70-yard run against you, and you scored on that drive. So, um, you know, I, I, I think for them to win the game, for, for me to be convinced they're going to win the game, yeah, the running, the running game has to have a good – if the running game does what it's done the last three games, it's hard to imagine them losing because that's over 200 yards – and look, Miami has a nice defense against the run. They also haven't faced. This is the best offense they've faced. Um, yeah, North Carolina's not, North Carolina's no, sorry, good. rushing offense. Okay. Uh, and it's it's not all that close. Um, so they, yeah. they haven't faced North Carolina's put up more points, obviously, but they throw the ball. They're not yeah. balanced. Yeah. Flo, Florida State is the most balanced offense they've seen, and so it's a it's a bear, man. They've they've put up more yards on Clemson than anybody has. I think they put up more yards on Wake than anybody has. Um, in one half, anyway, they put up more yards on NC State than anybody has. Georgia Tech, like you go down the list, they put up a ton of yards on teams that aren't used to giving up yardage. So I think the running game, it would be a disappointment if it does not perform well just because of the way it's. I mean, they ran for 200 against Clemson and then 250 against Georgia Tech. So I expect similar against Miami. If that doesn't happen, it's a much closer game than it than I, otherwise. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I think if they're dominating the the line of scrimmage and running the ball. And Jordan Jordan has second and twos, mm. and you know third and ones, second and threes. I think you're going to win the game because you're going to consistently move the ball down the field, and, and eventually you're going to be good in the red zone, score points. Absolutely. And then the secondary wise, you know, I'm talking about Miami, buddy. He's he's pretty much conceded this game, and part of it just says he doesn't think they have the weapons to really scare us. I'm like, well, you know, our our secondary isn't the most daunting uh, curtain to go up against, but yeah, I mean, I think that the Colby Young kid's something. Restrepo yeah. kids something Mallory, but they're they're not all that explosive and dangerous, uh, where you just have to constantly be on pins and needles going against them. So I think the secondary can maybe hold serve the way they've been playing here of of late, and and it'll be enough, I would think. I don't know if they have to really. Again, we're a little bit concerned about what's going on opposite Renardo Green, but yeah, you know, is Xavier Restrepo going to haunt you for that? Well, and he's just coming back, right? Like he played, what did you say, back. 14 reps? Yeah. So he's probably still not 100%. He's a nice player. He's a he's a good player for them. Um, but you don't know how healthy he is. Um, and, the yeah, the Colby Young kid is a, it has made some uh, really big catches for them, you know, big in quotes. So they, they've, got, they've got some guys that maybe when you watch the A&M game, you're like, oh, there's nothing here. But – Florida State, other than one game against Clemson, uh, maybe I don't know. I don't even know if I blame them for the Wake Forest stuff. They were in position, yeah. just didn't make plays. But other than the one game against Clemson, they didn't give up. They don't usually give up wide open stuff. Right. So they'll they'll make Miami go earn it. It would be nice to get an interception or two. Those I have seen games this year, Aslan, a lot of them, hmm. where a defensive back will catch a pass, hmm. and then their team will get the ball. That has happened. I've seen it. With my own eyes. I saw Kevin Knowles do it in Louisville. Yeah. Um, so it, I, that might have been the last one, for all I know. I, I don't remember um, many other. Uh, maybe there was one against Boston College, like a tip pass or something. I Just, you know, 
Yeah. You, you'd think they'd all come to the front of my mind as little as they are. Um, it's not like I'm having to go through a Rolodex of all the big plays the secondary has made. But, yeah, look, the secondary, in my opinion, has been a disappointment. Um, Akeem Den has not been the player I thought he was going to be. Same. Jamie Robinson's been Jamie Robinson. Yeah. And Duke Cooper has – I don't even know what to describe what's happened to him. Uh, I don't even know how to do – I don't know how to describe it. Um, but that said, they have done a good job of not giving up huge plays. They give up, what, 175 yards a game? So nothing that they, – they've done a nice job of keeping everything in front, bend but don't break. All right, uh, Spartan Knoll 71, Bama Knoll 2. We'll package these together. Ralph in Hawaii. Just want to get your guys' thoughts. Aloha, guys. How's it, first off? Want to get your thoughts on why the team and individual players are so inconsistent. His opinion is they need to learn how to win again. Bama Knoll 2 is from Birmingham. Longtime listener, first-time poster. Loves the direction the program's going under Norvell. That said, I think the inconsistent offensive production and defensive busts routinely given up in the secondary are more a testament of us still being in win-close phase and learning how to go out and win games against good, decent opponents as well as trusting their eyes and coaching than executing. What say you guys? Isn't, isn't every team inconsistent outside yes. of you know the, the four teams that are in the playoff and even they have yes. a, a bad drive or two? I don't, there's nothing endemic about this program. There's nothing about Mike Norvell's management of games that just consistently shows up every single drive or every two drives that just leaves you scratching your head. There's moments where you wish you could have done better, but, I mean, listen, Tennessee's left points on the field. Um, you know, Not many. Not a lot. Yeah, probably a bad example. Yeah. But, no, I mean, even 2013 – actually, no, that's a bad, bad example too. They're just not there two. yet. They're just not there yet, guys. They're just not there yet. I don't, I don't know. I don't, again, I don't think there's anything endemic, anything that's being taught. Maybe they don't have the, the requisite talent – elite talent to not be inconsistent because that's where you either you're elite or you're not i think grover cleveland said that yeah he did they're not elite right now which is fine we wish they were but they're not uh, when they become elite inconsistency inconsistency goes away that's my it, well it, it 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 it's much more yeah it's not nearly as visible i think that's the thing you have to think about is man the secondary gives up busts and doesn't make plays because the secondary doesn't have Jalen Ramsey, Terrence Brooks, LaMarcus Joyner back there. Like, those guys aren't inconsistent because they're consistently awesome. And other than Jamie Robinson, uh, there aren't a lot of consistently awesome guys in that secondary. Um, so that that's where the you're going to run into that. I mean, if you're an if you're a above average player, not a great one and not a horrible one, but above average, I don't know, man, that means you're going to win 7 out of 10. But that means there's three times that somebody's better than you or gets the better of you on that play because you're not elite. And I don't know that that means you're inconsistent as much as it's just you're, that's water finding its level. And I, and I think that, that that happens on offense too where you don't have – you have some very good college football players on offense, I think. You don't have Dalvin. You right. don't have probably – you don't have Rashad Green. You don't have guys that are consistently great. So – Johnny Wilson will make an incredible catch down the sideline, an unbelievable adjustment with his body, and then outrun a dude to the, for a touchdown. And then later in the game, drop a touchdown, drop a diving pat catch in the end zone, which he, he should make. I mean, it would have been a great, a nice catch, but he should make it. He's not Kelvin Benjamin or Rashad Green. So you're going to see these inconsistent moments. I, I think my biggest issue with the way this season has gone is maybe consistency and scheme third down plays, red zone. Like, that's not all on the players. 
I think there's some coaching stuff there that definitely needs to get cleaned up as he moves on with this program. But by and large, as Aslan said, man, and just watch the NFL. Like, other than, like, even Josh Allen will have a bad game or two. Isn't it crazy that I just used, he, used him? He was mad at himself after they beat the Chiefs on Sunday night or whatever it was uh, uh, this past weekend. Like yeah. His, he's like, man, we No, played, it was like, the Packers because Packers. he threw yeah, two yeah, horrible so. interceptions. Yeah. And he's the he's maybe the best player in the league, and he threw a couple interceptions. He didn't have his best game. That happens. It's crazy. You watch the NFL, and like every team will have a game where it's just like they they just didn't show up. They didn't they didn't want to be here. Like even the really good ones, even Mahomes will have it. The Chiefs will have a couple of games a year where they lose by you know two or three scores. It's like what what happened? Well, it's just it's the nature of the sport and it's football. And I think as college football gets closer to that, you will see Georgia struggle with Missouri. Georgia's very well coached and has a ton of talent. They had to beat Missouri in the final three minutes of that game. So there's just inconsistency that abounds when you're talking about 20-year-old kids with the parity that exists. And with Florida State specifically, when you look at the other teams in the country that are around that area of rankings, and I would say, I don't know, man, from number, well, let's go from number 10 with LSU (laughs) all the way to like number 35 or 40. Florida State's in that window somewhere. All those teams have had just mind-numbingly inconsistent stretches. Like, how do you go a whole quarter and a half without scoring a point against Wake Forest when you have that offense? How does that happen? How do you drop two punts in a game? Yeah, yeah, good point. Inside your own 15-yard line. So that, that I think, is uh, it's just the nature of the sport. That doesn't mean they're excused, but I think to Aslan's point, the inconsistent stretches will be diminished when you get better players. Well said, Corey. Thank you, man. Yeah, that, was a long, that was a long soliloquy. I apologize. No, no. For real. Way to, way to do it. Growing up, my dad used to take me to the game at the stadium. We'd watch our favorite team play, and then we'd always eat at Zaxby's. That's why it means so much to me that Zaxby's is the official chicken of college fans. To me, they go together perfectly. It reminds me of my dad and... Oh, come on, Rep! Are you serious? Get some glasses! Terrible call! Now, I take my kids to the game, and we always eat at Zaxby's, too. It's tradition. We're proud to be the official chicken of college fans. Zaxby's, indescribably good. And don't forget to listen in for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week every Monday on Wake Up War Chant. Here we go. We'll bundle these two. Bradley Moss and our guy, Old Dads and Old. Bradley Moss, wake up. Norvell wasn't there last time. Florida State played at Seminole Hard Rock. We all know what happened, but I'm hoping he, along with the rest of the coaches, talked about that game result and talked it up big time this week. We're favored, yes, but we need to keep that chip on our shoulder. I'm expecting a big game from our top five quarterback. hey yeah. yeah. Big question is, against this vaunted Miami offense, do we finally get a stop to start the second half? Hmm. Old dad is the other side of the coin, not as tongue-in-cheek. Due to the offensive output, many glossed over the second-half defense against Georgia Tech last week, but once they decided to actually call forward plays, lousy Georgia Tech did this. Of course, an opening touchdown drive, 15 first downs, 240 yards of offense, and two scores. Sorry if I don't trust our defensive coordinator since I haven't seen him coach four quarters yet. What am I missing here? Cheers to the best, old dad. Yeah, old dad, I'm... I'm I don't think you'll hear me disagreeing with you, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold on that either. Uh, I'm not sold on that side of the ball. I'm not sold on the adjustments that are made. I'm not sold on how easy it can look at times for average to below average offenses to move the ball against you. Um, is, it always, I, is it always the second half score, the opposing team starts the half off with the ball, or is it just their first possession 
of every second half always ends up well, touchdown the last well, four times. It, it changed this week, Aslan. So the last three weeks, Florida State had lost the toss, so which they do every week. Um, so the other team got the ball to start the second half okay. and just marched down the field and scored. Right. This past week, Florida State was due to get the ball because they actually won oh, a toss. Kick, yeah. But then Georgia Tech onside kicked it. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was well, on headlines. I was talking to Ira. And he's like, well, you gave him a short field. I'm like, man, they got the ball at their own 41. It wasn't that short a field. They didn't get the ball at your 20. Right. And you did give up two first downs before the last play. Um, his point was, after you gave up the two first downs, you did give them into third and 13, which was nice. But then you also, for reasons that are not crystal clear, um, you give up a wide-open touchdown pass that gets them kind of back in the game. Um, and that was, no, that was not good to see. I do not... Uh, I do not trust this defense to not give up some perplexing plays and some points to anyone left on the schedule, literally anyone. Uh, but I think by and large over the course of 60 minutes, they will bend, they will not break enough that Miami, sh I mean, look, man, if Miami goes up and down the field and puts up 400 yards and 28, 30-something points, you got a real, real problem and some real questions to ask. Because as... as uh, I shouldn't say untalented because that makes it sound like they're not they're not great. As un NFL talented as your defense might be, where you you might only have two guys, two or three guys that get get a sniff. There's some decent college football players on that defense, and you don't need to go into Miami against that offense and give up chunk plays and a lot of yards and a lot of points. That would be a bad look. Um, so don't do it. Don't have to worry about it. But yeah, it's been four games in a row. The team, no matter who it is, no matter who it is, Devin Leary. DJ, uh, Sam Hartman, of course, or a true freshman playing in his first game ever, they're going to roll down the field on you and score the first drive of the second half. So Knowles are due. It won't happen this week. That's right. How about an all-out all blitz? Like, just blitz all 11. <laughs> just zero blitz every time. Yeah, don't even cover the receivers. You're all coming. <laughs> oh, man. Would you rather Florida State be up by two, Miami has the ball on their own 25 with 40 seconds left, or would you rather be trailing by five? Florida State has the ball in their own 25 with 50 seconds left in a timeout. Oh, that's a good question. I would say the former. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. But, I mean, 50 go. seconds to go 75 yards in a timeout against a team all ratcheted up with the defense, with the crowd. One sack and the game is over. Um, How long was that fourth and fourteen drive? That wasn't a lot of plays. That started at like the eighty, yeah. But I think there was two minutes left when they did yeah, that. Yeah. Eh, well, we won't have to find out because Florida State's going to romp them. Check yeah, out, you, basically, when do you get in victory formation? Yeah. With two <laughs> minutes left, minute and a half left, you keep running the ball to try to uh, run up the score. That's that's the real question. Shout out to our guy, Island Chief. Uh, he posted and then also emailed me. Apparently, his email says that uh, I fell asleep midway during my post. His post said, wake up, hung that twenty, or that 41 on Georgia Tech in a way that provoked as much disappointment as approval. Coming off a three-game skid, it's hard to get too excited about a beatdown of a lesser opponent that got off to a sloppy start. 642 yards and 41 points isn't very efficient. Hashtag sarcasm. Hmm. His email, though, says, uh, disregard my question or answer this. Which team gets closer to their average? Miami's defense of allowing 343 total yards in a game or Florida State's offense of hanging 487 yards per game. Are they really averaging 487 yards per game? Yeah, man. They're, it's crazy. 
Wow. What are you say? They're 16th in the country. Yeah. Uh, it's nuts. Um, and probably like what 10th in the Power Five. It's it's pretty remarkable what they've done. Uh, man, it's I guess at night on the road, you never know. Road games can be tricky. Rivalry games can be tricky. I would be I would be pleasantly surprised if they got anywhere close to 500 yards. But I would be really disappointed if they were around 350. So I'm going to couch it and say that it's going to split the difference. Get, put them at 425. That should be enough, right, Aslan? 425 yards? Yeah, yeah. Well, just whatever the, the, the line of delineation is, I'll take one closer to Florida State's average of 487 versus 343. How about that, everybody? I just feel like if you can put up 480 or whatever they did against Clemson, and I know Miami has a nice defense, and they're uh, at least a good defensive line, and they are playing at home with an actual crowd. I mean, if you could put up 480 against Clemson, that should equate to 450 against Miami, right? Hmm. At least. Otherwise, you had a bad day. Or how about this, Aslan? How about maybe you don't rack up a ton of total yards because the defense keeps giving you short fields. There we go. There we so go. instead of those 80-yard drives, you're only having to go 31 after another Akeem Dent pick. Something that Ira brought up that's somewhat salient maybe to this question but to the overall mood of Saturday's game I think is you know when they went down there in 2020 despite the fact that they really were just dead men walking calves going to the slaughter whatever analogy yeah. you want to use uh, Mike Norvell still sent them down there with like a, a game plan of we're going to try to win the game and we're going to do everything even if it's absolutely reckless because we're going to try to win the game because you play to win the game mm. Mario might wave a white flag if it becomes a little, and this is Ira's, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He says it much more eloquently. Check out the War Chain Report. But maybe Mario, you know, tells Josh Gaddis, run the ball in third and eight. I don't care. Just run it. Just run it late third quarter. We're down by two scores. Just run it. Just keep the clock running. We don't want to We don't want to get blown out of our own arena, our own stadium. So I think maybe part of we get, Florida State's offense maybe doesn't absolutely have this huge outpouring of production that they're capable of having because Miami tries to kind of figures out that they're they're just they can't hang with Florida State and they'll just figure out like the, the easy way out like all right we'll just try to take the time away and only give them a certain amount of possessions so I mean if we've been watching Miami this year though that hasn't really seemed like their MO Garcia's still throwing pick six when they're down 20 points in the fourth quarter to Duke and they they got run over by Middle Tennessee in the fourth quarter like I it doesn't seem like that's their MO I would hope not, man. Like what? What? what I, I. Number one, I, I. That would be. I. I. I don't know that that enters crystal balls. I, it'd have to be more than two scores to just be like just run it on third and eight and punt. I mean, the game's still within grasp, um, especially in this rivalry. Crystal Ball's grown up in this rivalry. He knows what can ha what how things can flip in the fourth quarter. Um, if it's four scores, yeah, run the ball, get off the field, um, just chew clock and get out of there but i you know that would be well that'd be a great problem to have if they're running the ball up the middle on third and eight because they're down 38 to nine marlin joker gur raa raa marlin we just call him marlin what up wake up it's here boys it's what we seminal fans in miami wait for all year beat miami week mm. will coach norvell have the killer instinct to put miami out of their misery and can his offense put up 50 hashtag love the show day one listener go Knowles. Man, imagine if they put up 50. I would say no to that. That yeah, would be surprising. Back. Yeah, I don't uh, They haven't done it all year, have they? No. Except, did they even do it against Duquesne? No, they put 42, 49, yeah. 40 something. Uh, no, if they put up 50, 47. that would be uh, great. Uh, get to 40, that would be incredible. I'd say get to 34, you're going to win the game pretty convincingly. 
have we ever even put up 50 on Miami in the rivalry? I would think no. I know they beat them 47 to nothing. One year they beat them, I think, 45 to 20-something. Another year in the 90s when they were going through the probation. I don't. I wouldn't think they got to. They almost. I don't think they got to 50 and 13. No, no. But have they? uh, Miami's put up 50, right? Yeah, they put up 50 two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like 47 as I look at the Wikipedia results. Yeah, 47 back in 97. 47 to zero was the most Florida State hung Mm. on Miami. So good times. Good times. Yeah. Go back on probation, dudes. Uh, But again, listen to Jeff Cameron show, man. Jeff, Jeff is really. I think he and Tom both picked 40 points for Florida State in the game. So they they foresee. Well, you, you've and, and seen a little bit of the, quit, right? You've seen a little bit of quit in that team. Yeah, my, my buddy Miami fan says that. Yeah, he's he confirms that. Yeah, when things so if well. they get down, uh, if, if they get down seventeen to three, and then you don't do what you did against NC State, but you come and kind of put your foot on their neck and go up another score, don't give them an easy touchdown drive, then they start to not only doubt, they start to quit. Um, that's been kind of the DNA of that program for a good long while now. Um, they'll get blown out. Uh, they don't really have any issues with it. Give them a reason to quit. If you don't give them a reason to quit, they will fight you for four quarters and it'll be a tough game. But they they could be itching to just mail it in. So, Seminole Life, wake up, boys. Seminole Life doesn't like a lot of our quarterback takes of late about putting Jordan in rarefied air, but he comes with a fresh slate. With the head-scratching coaching decisions we have seen and the issues inside the 20, I'm curious where you guys think this team would be with Bobby Bowden as the head coach and his staff in their prime years. Same group of players, just that staff. Go Knowles. Oh, now, let, let, I, you say I love Bobby Bowden. Yeah. I love what he did for the program. I love what he did for my life. Uh, none of this would be happening without Bobby Bowden, but he made some head-scratchers inside the 22 now, and he you go watch – some of those wide rights, and there was some clock management, time man. Even the game against Nebraska, they won the national championship. There's some time management, clock management stuff that really doesn't add up. Um, but uh, yeah, they they would be better. I, you know, I don't I don't know how else to say it. They they would be better. I he, oh okay, all right, all right. I mean, I think so. I mean, you're talking about one of the best coaches of all time versus Mike Norvell. You know, I, I like you, Mike. You're not quite up there on Mount Rushmore yet, so it'd be weird if I was like, "No, actually, they'd be worse with Bobby Bowden." Maybe that'd be a crazy take. Um, so, and we're Bobby Bowden this, wasn't we're breaking it. this video out. It's going to be yes, yeah, exactly. Hot take: Norvell would have won six titles during the dynasty, <laughs> maybe ten. He would have. I mean, come on now. Bobby Bowden was holding them back. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think that and Bobby Bowden was a great offensive innovator back in his day, but it's hard to know. Like if Mark Richt and Bobby Bowden in their primes are running this thing or you throw Wayne McDuffie in there, yeah, they'd probably score more, I guess. They'd run some more toss sweeps and some double reverses. What if what if they would have lost to NC State the way they lost against Virginia in 95? I like that call, man. Okay. I like that call. He should have gotten in. He slipped. Yeah. I blame – I will always blame Warwick Dunn. <laughs> he got it – was, it was blocked well – I, I like that call, man. But there's a really cool story about that. I can't I can't remember if I've told this or not um, on the show about that play. We're talking about the 95 Virginia play. They had the ball like the six right, one play left, down by five, and they do a direct snap to Warwick Dunn, who's the best player on the field, and he gets to like the half-yard line. But one of the Virginia linebackers, I can't, Anthony Poindexter, somebody. Virginia had a loaded team, too. That was a lot of NFL guys on that team. 
he saw the way Warwick Dunn was looking at the snap at the ball and pointed or told his guys he's getting the ball he's getting the ball he had some he had figured out I guess maybe somebody that had played them or he had figured out during the course of the game because Florida State would run that a couple of times a game that anytime the running back looked at the center and looked at the ball underneath the center's legs it meant he was getting the ball because every other play Warwick Dunn is looking at the defense but in this play he was looking at the ball and so that clued him in that Warwick Dunn was about to get the ball snapped to him so I always blame Warwick Dunn. What did he ever do better. for the Knowles? Got to self-scout better, guys. Come on, 2-8. Come on, 2-8. Look out anywhere else. Just snap it without looking at it or catch it without looking at it. All right, bundle these next two together. They're diametrically opposite yet from the same family. Dunlaw 402. What's up, guys? Let me preface, underscore, underline, by saying I think we win. Okay. But I want to know where your feelings would be for Mike Norvell and the staff if they do, in fact, inexplicably lose to Miami, I personally, Dunla 402, I'd give them the old Kiffin Southern Cal treatment, leave them all at the airport. Hopefully we win, obviously, but I think we all have some doubt, even though we're the much better team. There is zero excuse to lose to this Miami team, IMO, which is, in my opinion, right. ellipses, zero, he says. All right, so we got some forecasting of, of Mike Norvell. And then Seminole 324444, which is somewhere in the panhandle, I know we're still waiting for the Norvell train to get a full head of steam, but seeing the steaming pile of whatever is going on in Coral Gables, shouldn't that give us fans a little more to be proud of? Uh, who's our head coach? He took a uh, dumpster fire, cancerous locker room of disjointed recruiting targets and has turned them into a team on the cusp of an 8-9 win season, possible 10 wins. Mario took over a Miami team that had talent and skill. Uh, they're now in a dumpster that we vacated. If we lose, all these statements reverse, but I truly right. think Norvell, uh, we keep this one in his pocket. So... We have someone who thinks, obviously, both guys think we're going to win. If we lose, what happens? Um, and I guess maybe we should celebrate and be thankful of who we have versus who they have, uh, despite the fact they're kind of on different levels of their climbs, if you will. Right, but again, you're, you we're saying this before the game. Yeah. Um, so after the game, if you go down there and lose, um, yeah, it's – I mean, I guess part of it depends on how it plays out, but not much. No, it, I can't. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, if something just in a, if a hor a couple of horrible calls go against you, if you get cheated somehow, but aside from that, I mean, we got um, cheated against Miami in eighteen. We've kind of you know after a day or two of giving them the benefit of the doubt, we kind of went back to like, well, this team's not good. We don't like right. this team. So, well, they also were in the midst of like they did get cheated, but they had also kept dropping Francois back with the twenty point lead. Um, so that wasn't great. But but so there were reasons to nitpick, but also yeah they got cheated. They they should have won that game. They won that game, and the refs took it from them. And who knows if that changes the whole uh, complexion of Willie's uh, tenure? But going down to this team, where their fans clearly don't believe they're going to win, they just even though they beat Virginia was pretty embarrassing, and then was really embarrassing the week before against Duke. They've been embarrassed by Middle Tennessee. They scored nine whole points against A and M. Like all these things that have happened this year. If you go down there and give them their only good win after who who the other teams that have come in there and beat them, it's hard to then take a step back two or three days later and say, hey, still appreciate what I'm building. Yeah. When you lose to a first-year coach who I wouldn't call it a dumpster fire, but they're, they've got gasoline in a, in a match and they're getting close to it. Um, they're about ready to light that thing up. 
they want to. They want to jump into a dumpster fire. They 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 can't. They they're having a bonfire kind of event, waiting to habitat. jump into the dumpster fire. And you're going to come on and just bring a bunch of fire extinguishers, call the firemen. Come on, man! Like let them do it. Let them have their dumpster fire. If you don't go down there and win that game, like I said, I I think it becomes the second worst loss of his tenure. Yeah. And I don't think there's a close third. Because you have so much to play for. Maybe the Florida game last year. You have so much to play for. But you're better than you were last year. You're better. Your team is better than the one that lost to Florida. Significantly. Yes. Significantly better. I mean, so, you're top um, 25 in offense and your defense is top yeah, 40 Yeah, you're top right 25 now. in both. Yeah. Um, so you should go win that. You're favored by seven or eight points. Like, to go and lose that game, it, it, I guess it, man, I don't know, man. I guess you could still win out and finish nine and four. And then we would be like, yeah, that was a bummer. You lost that game, but hey, you closed strong. But short of that, which you wouldn't think would happen if you're losing to Miami, you're like, okay, well, you're probably going to lose Syracuse. Florida's a coin flip. Here we are again, another six-win-ish season. When are these strides going to be made, Mike? All that becomes into play if you lose to Miami. This is a game you should win and probably win comfortably. And like I said, short of getting cheated um, – are are just uh, crazy crazy turnovers I, uh, other than that are or horrible injuries short of that there's no excuse you're a better team i think you're better than nc state you lost that one quit losing to teams that you're better than no one can stop you you stop you quit mm. stopping you also i want to say this it ain't their time <laughs> it's, it's our, our time, time. It is. right aslan that's right. that's right come on now Bama Knoll, too, by the way, said, uh, I forgot to read this, my favorite Clarkism is definitely you're allowed to. So I just want to make sure I get that on the record. I feel like that. I've heard that a few times. That obviously means I just say it way too much. I got to come up with another saying. No, they like it. All right. Yeah, it's okay. when you use but I say it, I got to come up with another Clark. I don't even know what another Clarkism is. Well, you got, you got seven hours in a car to figure it out, buddy. That's right. I will. You're good call. Good call. Noel 43, also known as Eric from Cincinnati, now in Tallahassee. Wake up, Knowles. It's Miami Hate Week. Aslan Corey, it is Miami Hate Week. I see our Seminoles jumping out to a fast start, taking down the Canes in blowout fashion, 44-17. It doesn't matter who Miami's quarterback is going to be. Let's just take care of business and move on to Syracuse. Go Knowles. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the like button on Warchant's YouTube page and subscribe for only 10 bucks. Warchant.com. I'll probably go and watch the game at CP on Saturday. Eric from Tallahassee. Hmm. It's it's interesting. I saw the, the line. I think the last time I checked the line, it was seven and a half. But crazy enough, the first quarter line. I mean, they can do on mybucky.ag. They they'll do by the quarter. Florida State's a ten and a half point favorite in the first quarter. What? Yeah, that can't be right. It is. It's right there, mybucky.ag, and that's not even a read. But uh, it was because I was trying to look at the 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 spread last night. And I kept typing it in, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the line has swelled all the way up to, to ten and a half. And then it was like, no, that's just the first quarter line. I'm like, that's nuts. They think like they're going to oh. jump out to a 14-0 lead, 14-3 lead in the first quarter. And then just hang on for dear life. Well, that's kind of the M.O., isn't it? Yeah, so it's uh, – it's, it's what seven. they did against LSU. It's what they did against NC State. It's kind of their thing. Yeah. Well, let's just go right into the read then. It uh, It's all available at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT. Your first deposit will be matched instantly, dollar for dollar, up to $1,000. Florida State, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. There's all sorts of alternate lines that you can play with over on mybookie.ag, over-unders also, and 
now let me see what we have here. There's an alternate line of four and a half points, but you can get a you know, a little bit of a better payout, I guess, if you're a, a Miami fan. I need to find that first quarter thing because I don't believe myself now. Um, but it's all there. There's all – I mean, there's – when you go and look up the Miami-Florida State, in the bottom right corner of the actual game line, there'll be other props. There's over 200 other props. Uh, there's just all these different lines. It's crazy the amount of stuff that you can get going on over at mybucky.ag. Just use that promo code WARCHANT, again, and your deposit will be matched instantly dollar for dollar. Moving on to the historical portion of the program, Corey, your time to shine. We will do all these here together. So random underscore John. Good morning, guys. How are you two renowned gentlemen doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing great. Aslan, how are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Okay, good. Can you remember the game or moment you really emotionally got invested into this rivalry? For John, it was the 88 game against Miami. It was a few weeks before my 10th birthday. My dad was so pumped. Then the game happened. I was not pumped. But, hey, one year later, Dexter Carter had me jumping up and down on the couch. I was a knoll for life. I don't care what running back it is. I want one of our guys to run to the left, catch the corner, half five, half ten, and he will score, just like it was called when Dexter ran in. He provides the video of it as well. So think about the moment that you first got emotionally invested in this game. Then our guy S. Quinn 67 says, hate week, can't wait to dominate in Joe Robbie Pro Rock Seminole Hard Rock Stadium. Foxtrot Mike, Foxtrot, Foxtrot Mike. In your opinion, what's the best Florida State-Miami game? The answer is 1989, he says. And then finally, our guy, Colorado Noel. I still remember watching my first Florida State game back in November of 81. It was so cold in chilly southern Colorado, couldn't play outside, and there wasn't anything to watch on the three TV stations except a football game between the Florida State Seminoles and the Miami Hurricanes. I was a 7-year-old in southern Colorado, had no idea about college football in the state of Florida, but I instantly began cheering for the Knowles and have been a fan ever since. What's your favorite FSU-Miami moment? So let's maybe go out of order. What 89 game, that's that's the answer. Do you disagree? Is that it? That's the best Florida State-Miami game ever if you're a Florida State fan. If you're, uh, man, I'm a Florida, I mean, I grew up a Florida State fan. I still think the 87 game was the best game ever, even though they lost because they went for two. Yeah. Um, and in this day and age, it wouldn't have mattered because they would have gone to the playoff either way and gotten to play them again. Um the 89 one was a great, that was awesome because of the, you know, Dexter Carter, uh, Leroy Butler picks off the first pass of the game over uh, against Toretta, and then Dexter Carter scores. But Miami did have the excuse they were playing their backup quarterback. Now, their backup quarterback was Gino Toretta, who ended up going to win a Heisman a couple years later, but they didn't have their starter. So well, Steve Walsh? Should it have been Steve Walsh? Or who was Craig it? Erickson. Craig Erickson. Um, so, so, yeah, it took a little of the luster off. Plus, they went ahead and won the national championship anyway, even with the loss, because that's how it worked back then. <laughs> Um, when anytime Florida State lost by a close game, it's like, oh, sorry, losers. You got no chance to win the national title. But Miami loses. It's like, oh, it worked out. We get to play and win another one. Weren't those um, games earlier, in the, like the late 80s games, weren't those earlier in the season and then the 90s we started playing later on? Or am I Yeah, uh, well, it all it, it varied. Like the, the wide right, the first wide right was the second to last game of yeah. the season. They yeah. ended with Miami and Florida, which is just <laughs> nutty. Um, but then, yeah, like the, the 87 game was, you know, October, like early October. I think Florida State was 4-0 when that happened. So, yeah, it used to usually be in October. 88 um, was first game of the season, right? Was that seminal wrap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the season. So it varied. It went all over the map. Um, I would say my favorite, man, there's so many great Florida State-Miami moments. Um, the Dexter Carter putting the flag on the kids, on Bernard Clark's head, 
was awesome. Um, you know, man, Devin Bush's pick six to ice the 93 game. Matt Fryer's touchdown yeah. in that game where he hugs the cop. A race of uh, beating Rohan Marley down the field for a touchdown. Bob Marley's kid. That was awesome. Um, man. Jalen's you know, pick in 16. Roberto's field goal in 16. 14. 14. 14. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad one. Dalvin uh, throwing up the 305 in 14. Um, the screen the block pass. The rock. The Demarcus, yeah, the Demarcus muff. doing that. That was sixteen. The muff. I mean, it's all I over the place. I sat through that game. If you sat through that two thousand and five freaking debacle, yeah, ugh, but still delicious. At the same hey, it was time. it was a dub, right? It, it was, was a dub. Kyle got one hundred and ten yards, a total offense, and still won the game. <laughs> Kyle Wright got sacked like eleven times. Um, that was nuts. Uh, yeah, man. So there's there's been a lot of memorable ones. I was gonna say the uh, in thirteen. They threw a screen pass to Freeman for like a 50-yard touchdown and Red Lightning celebrating in the end zone with the gang. Yeah. All that. There's a lot of great memories. But, I would, yeah, so I don't know where to choose from. But my first game that I remember what the rivalry meant to me was 1984. Might have been my first road game. Maybe my third game overall. Miami was the reigning national champions. Jimmy Johnson's first year. They saw Bernie Kosar. And Florida State went down there and beat him 38-3. to Nice. And I was there. And my, I was like, my dad, he got, well, let's be honest. I, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, <laughs> but he got pretty drunk that afternoon because they sold beer at the Orange Bowl back then when no other college stadiums did. And the whole rest of the night, we went out to dinner with his friends. Every, I don't know, man, 45, 50 seconds. <laughs> Turk, 38 to 3. <laughs> 38 to 3. Just over and over again. So I'll always remember that. Oh, man. Uh, for me, the first, again, emotionally invested was probably the wide right, 91. Like, I'll always remember, like, I don't know. I think I've got, like, two images of, of Bobby in my head. One of them is being carried off the field, like, you know, in, in the Sugar Bowl in 99 after winning the national title. Uh, and the other, I'll always just see the, the shot of him running and then stopping and putting his hands on his hips and look of disbelief. Like, what do you mean it? What do you mean it wasn't good? Yeah. Um. It's like the antithesis of Jimbo's run in Pasadena. Like, Jimbo's run during Pasadena was like this beautiful moment of like, all right, we've got these guys. And then, like, if Bob, if the wide right would have happened last year, that would have been memed forever. That would have just been like the biggest meme. It would have been like when your girl says come over, but then her parents show up at the last minute or something. You know, it's like mm, you're running right. up in glory of like, yeah. And they're, Wait, what? Huh? And you just like you the look, the, the pain in his is just like, what? Huh? Wait, what do you mean? I don't get it. Like that, it, it yeah. hit me, man. It hit me it was on no a good. spiritual he level. No good. Yeah, yeah, it hit me on a spiritual level. I'm like, all right, this is a, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So, yeah, all right. Memory a lot of heartache. A lot of heartache in this rivalry, really, for both fan bases, but one more than the other. Yeah, like when, yeah, when they lose, like it, it's a different kind of flavor, variety of loss. For like they, they they'll get pounded mo most of the time. But like when Florida State loses them, it's just very. Other like last year, we paid back the favor a little bit. That was a yeah, pretty that gut wrenching. That was a heartbreaking for yeah. loss for them. I would yeah. say the 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 block at the rock was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, the Jalen game in fourteen. Come, I mean, they were up sixteen nothing in that game, and then yeah. Dalvin scores, and then Jalen ends it with an interception. They were going to be the team that finally ended the streak. Right. Those were all heartbreakers, man, yeah. but not quite to the level of because there wasn't as much at stake for them. Yes, like every time Florida State lost a really close game to Miami, it's like oh, you just blew a national championship. When Miami loses a close one to Florida State, it's like, oh, you just blew a seven-win season or an eight-win season. <laughs> Al Golden's going to lose his job. Uh, all right, Seminole Preacher, wake up. First time asking a question here. I'm from Gilchrist County. I say the county because the two towns are tiny. 
Bell and Trenton. Bell's the home of Jason Floyd, who played receiver in the early 90s. Question, can someone ask Coach Fuller what has changed in defensive back coaching that they no longer read the eyes of the receivers and turn to find the pass? That used to be taught. Why not anymore? Um, I mean, we on could. Monday. Yeah. I could do it. I'll ask them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they try. They do try to teach that. It's just in the course of a game. I thought it was like play the hands now. More, it's like stay in phase. Well, play yeah, the hands. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I thought it was always if you're even with them, turn around. If you're trailing them, play the play the eyes, play the hands. Yeah. Uh, but they don't, they don't, uh, they don't play the, they don't play that. They don't, they don't play those passes all that well, do they? But who does? There aren't many DBs that do. You just hope the refs don't call flags on every time there's a little bit of contact with a receiver trying to jump up and make a catch. All right, next up, our guy down in Naples, Mark. We're going to pair this one with another. We're getting there, I promise, everybody. Wake up, he says. Safe travels to Miami, boys. Some video from the car ride would be entertaining. We'll be in different cars, but maybe mm. I can just bother Ira. Ira will be driving me so I can just bother and pepper him with stuff. I know on paper we should handle the Canes. They were no match for the likes of Middle Tennessee State, Duke, etc. But I can't fight this feeling. Parenthetically, he adds, great song. That will be another close battle in a rivalry game. I think Miami staff is likely to put out a bounty on Jordan Travis. LSU tried it with that targeting hit that could have ended his season or career. Miami has almost nothing to lose in this game. Do you see a clean game where we take care of business, protect the ball, and just outwill them for a nice win, or do you see Miami really up for this game and playing above their recent form and making it a game? I see something in between. We'll win by six or seven and just get out of there. This isn't 2013, obviously. I still don't trust this team to get out to a lead, maintain it, and increase it just because they're the better team, which they are. But I'll take the W however it looks. Go Knowles. And then KMG7. I think I got this all wrong. Whatever, let's just answer Mark's question. I'm closer to I think Miami will, will play up and above their head. But I still think Florida State will win 27-20. So Miami's covers. Um, but I don't know. I mean... I, I would hope no one would complain about 27-20. But 41-17 or 14 or whatever, uh, Tom, I think for, Tom 42-20 might have been his pick on War Chain Report. Ooh. That obviously sounds a lot better. Well, and look, no, I don't, nobody has a right to complain about a win against Miami when you're 5-3. and three. Again, this isn't an 8-0 team. Um, so a win is the most important thing by far. It's just what it would say about maybe the direction of the program and how good I think this team actually kind of is if they went out there and won comfortably. Like, if you, if you eke out a win, it's awesome. The win is all that matters. Getting to six, getting to bowl eligibility, that, that's all that matters. Extending that streak over your rival to two. But if it, I think it would say more clearly if you went out there and beat them by three touchdowns about where your program is, where their program is, where you're going, and how much better a team you are in 2022 than you were in 2021 and clearly what you were in 2020. Like, imagine in two years going from getting completely embarrassed 52 to 10 to a not very good Miami team. Now you give up five straight touchdowns to start that draw to start that game, which is incredible. Maybe six, maybe they scored on their first. I know they, they had 35 at half and they'd had the ball five times. So to do, to come back the next time you're down there and not only win, but win comfortably, that would be a nice feather in the cap of what Mike Norbell has built and what he's building. Yeah. But I think the same thing applies to them too. They could, in year one of Mario lose bad this season and then somehow 
arrive in Tallahassee next year, maybe with a pretty decent team and eke something out, you know. So, you know, it, it goes back to what I asked Jeff and Ira about who has more to lose. And they're like, oh, well, it's absolutely Mike. Like, you know, that's year one of Mario. He can explain a lot of things away. He still has a little bit of newness, so he's going to do well on the, the recruiting trail. Um, so there's a lot more pressure kind of like on Florida State to, to pull through here and win. But I still think they're going to try to play really hard, man. They, they, they need this win for sure, man. They they don't have a lot to feel good about. They lose this game. What are they going to feel good about their season? Even if they might not make a bowl game if they lose this game. So I don't know if I answered that. I probably rambled because I, I was right about packaging with this other thing. We'll, we'll keep this one somewhat brief. KMG7, first-time poster, long-time listener. Bigger surprise, FSU loses by one score or they win by 25 or more? That's a really good question. For him, I just don't see how we let them beat us. There's got to be some players still on the team that suffered that 52-10 loss, and something to me just feels that Norvell will have these guys locked in more than ever and ready to dominate and get sweet revenge. 38-13 is what he says. Uh, I would still go with the – I would be more surprised at a blowout win down there just because they don't happen often. I mean, I think Florida State's like blown, blown Miami out in that building once or twice ever. Um, no matter what the difference in the the talent level is, and the talent, the difference in talent level isn't that great this year. So I would still, you know, it's the cynic in me, and it's the 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 guy that grew up watching this rivalry. But I would be more surprised with a twenty five point win than a than a loss. Yeah, I mean, I I can't even really I can't do the math quick enough in my head, but I don't know. I think maybe that twenty ten, and yeah. then maybe ninety seven. Yeah, the but ones. that was up that was up here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 2010, 45, 17. We were 23rd. They were 13th. Yeah, it was a big, it was a, a kind of an upset. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. And uh, second question, how positive are you that we'll see Winston right at any point this season? Uh, not positive. Two months ago, I was very positive. Not anymore. Just because we're now into November. Yeah. So. All right, some last questions here. Several, but we'll get to them. Kyle, get down, lay down. Wake up. Who's the best Seminole ever to come from the Miami area? Marvin Jones. Uh, Mar Marvin Jones, yeah. Dalvin? Dalvin? Well, yeah, that's a good one, too, now. Um, a tie, I guess? Okay. Marvin's a college football Hall of Famer. Uh, Dalvin probably will be. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Marvin was Marvin finished fourth in the Heisman voting. <laughs> As a linebacker, As a inside linebacker, I, I, I still, I, and I, it's my era. It's when I grew up, so I'm going to still have to say Marvin. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Mucknell, really hot take, but here it goes. I saw the solution to our red zone woes this past weekend against Georgia Tech. If and when he's fully ready to go, C.J. Campbell is just what the doctor ordered. He's right at 200 pounds, unique build, strong running style, and explosive, unlike any other back on the roster. He should be exploited by Norvell whenever CJ is truly ready to go. What do you think? Go Knowles. So, I mean, maybe he's a little more, we think he's a little more explosive than Trey. Because, I mean, Trey's a hammer. He's yeah. over 200 pounds, well over 200 pounds. But maybe he thinks that CJ's a good blend, like a hybrid. I don't know. I just, I'd like to throw the ball to 14 a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah, figure out I better think the running back room it. is pretty pretty good. It's pretty diverse, good dudes. A couple of them might play in the league. Maybe all three. Who knows? Um, yeah, I would say get, if 14 has a big day, I think you're winning. Right? He's yeah. had 200-yard receiving days this year. They won them both. 
So there you go. There's there's my stat of the week for you. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Right, stat of the day. Shout out Lebertard Show. Is it even on anymore? I mean, they left ESPN. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. even know. 901. Wake up. I know y'all are millionaires by how amazing the sponsors are. But for the sake of the question, let's assume you're multi-millionaires. What would determine the amount of money you would give to NIL, if any? What would change in your mind when your money goes to a five-star that doesn't pan out? Lastly, which school scares you the most if they can figure out NIL? He says Florida. I don't think Miami's ever going to figure anything out so they don't scare me. I'd be more scared of Miami than Florida. Just got to think you can sell the city of Miami and a whole bunch of money to a 17, 18-year-old more so than... But then I get it. Listen, you, you're, not, you're nobody kind of in the, the galaxy, the orbit of Miami. If you go to Florida and Gainesville, yeah, you're yeah. you're a big hot shot. For me, I don't know, man. I'm not married, so if I was a multimillionaire, I probably would be okay with giving six figures every year. I would think. Maybe not six figures, that's still a lot of money. Maybe like fifty, sixty thousand dollars on a player. It would all be personal preference though. I'd have to like I'd have to follow Mike Langston's recruiting updates and Austin Cox and be like, Oh, I like the way that kid talks or I like his film. It, it wouldn't be like, hey, this are the four or five guys coaches identified as one. I'd be like, I don't care. I'm the GM. I'll give you sixty for this kid. I, I would be. I'd go rogue. I'd be like, all right, that's great. Right. That's who he wants. But I like this kid. This is I what I want. I hope that's not quite how it works, where you get to earmark which player gets your money. I I hope it all goes into a big pot, and then somebody else distributes it. Once I wouldn't want the, that. No what way. What the market is for each player. I wouldn't but want that. Having said that. Um, I would I would ask that none of my money goes to recruits, and it all goes to retaining play, good players that are already on your roster. Hmm. Okay. That would be where my there, where that's where I would use my nil money. Okay, right. either keeping them from the draft or keeping them from Tuscaloosa or Athens or Columbus. Yeah. Southern Cal's probably the. Would Southern Cal be the answer to who scares you the most if they figure out NIL? I know they're not a direct Yeah, I was going to say they don't really scare us. you, though, right? Like, you're okay if Southern Cal's yeah. great out there. That's fine. They're not really a, a, a threat to Florida State as far as, like, they're not, yeah, they're not recruiting no. against them for many players. Hmm. What do you think? Florida, Miami, which one scares you more than NIL? Florida. Okay. Winkles. If this team were a meal... What would it be? It's coming off the heels. I wonder how much tread he has on the tire. I think last week he asked us about tater tots and potatoes. So maybe you this, is, this is his thing. Dipping down to the bottom of the well. I see this team as a burrito, he says. Lots of ingredients that all make it work. But sometimes it gets a little sloppy and needs to be cleaned up. Okay. I don't right. disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I certainly can't think of anything better off the top of my head i didn't put the work in that the winkles did um maybe a ribeye like really tasty mm. really really satisfying but then sometimes you get that fatty grizzle and you're like ew that was gross that's the best part really no no i'm just kidding okay. um but i do that's why ribeyes are so good because they got that fat on them yeah but the, um, there's some of the marbling but like the, the, yeah. the ends the ends of it where it's really fatty it's like well, that's that's too much i like chewing on it for a bit and then spinning it out and, and then comforting it back house. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't, you know, it's, it's a good thing about being a single man. You can be disgusting in your own filth. You, you just eat some it. of your ribeye and then spit it back on your plate? 
Well, just the grizzle part. Like, yeah, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Like, okay. I usually do a bone-in ribeye, so I'll mm. start gnawing on that bone like I'm a dog. Hey, 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 hey. Braden Knoll, Jordan Travis fan here. Good morning, fellas. Wake up quietly. I went to the Georgia Tech game last week, and it was my first ever game at Doak at age 26. I loved it. I expected Doak to be huge, but it's actually a pretty nice size. Very welcoming atmosphere, but to the point I want to make is that I love Jordan Travis and this team, but why so much debate about how good he is? I think we all need to sit and realize we were 3-6 and six two years ago. Now we're 5-3 and three and favored over both of our rivals. We're in a great position. Jordan is a top 10-15 quarterback in the country. No debate. PFF loves him. We should, too. Go Knowles. P.S. Stop the Travis bashing on here, fans, before he leaves us. So is he, he's talking to the Tribal Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what y'all. I don't. It's weird to like what what were people wanting? What do people want? They look around the country and it's like, yeah, I, I get it. Bryce Young would be awesome, but there aren't a lot of Bryce Youngs. In fact, there's only one, Caleb Williams. Yeah, he was never coming here. You, appreciate that you've gone into every game this year except for maybe Wake with the best quarterback on the field. That has not been the case at Florida State. In nary a, it's been a long time since you could say you went into a, you know 10 or 11 out of 12 games with the best quarterback on the field, which you can say with this kid. And he's he, the offense is playing well. Uh, he's playing well. Uh, he hasn't even really used his legs as much as well. He's run for 200 yards in eight games. I thought that would be at least double that. Um, and he's still been this effective. So, yeah, man, he's turned into a really good quarterback – and you again, like I said, the last two shows, if you project and as as good as he's as as improved as he's been the last two years, what would he look like next year with a if he comes back? Like if he just keeps if the if the the growth rate continues on that plane, on that incline, what would it look like next year? That's you know he's he's good man, he's good. He's not perfect. There aren't any out there that are perfect, but he's he's good. Don't have a lot to say. Accurate, accurate yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we're with the hour four mark. Anything I say is going to be rebutted by Corey. So we'll just. Yeah, we don't need that, do we'll, we? We we'll need to get out of here. We'll fight to. We'll fight to see another day. I think this is the last one. All right, man. We made it. Yeah, it wasn't all that bad. See, when I actually read all these, and then I, you know, bundle them like my girl Flo. Derail. This is a long one, though. Wake up. Uh, Good morning, I was on Corey. This team has had a bunch of positive things few negative things i could ask questions about why doesn't our quarterback run more often why don't we use the tight ends more why do our receivers still drop passes why can't we lob the ball up to a six seven receiver in the end zone but what i'm really focused on are our defensive backs shoulder surgery and r followed by our always trips me up Corey. Mm. okay our hour our hour all summer our long. Hour. Got it. Okay. Our hour. All summer long, all we heard about was mission takeaway. Mission takeaway. Mission takeaway. Our defense can't get any turnovers. Specifically, the defensive back. Seems like every ACC team knows how to force turnovers but us. My question is, why is mission takeaway such a problem for our defense? Is it players? Is it coaching? Duke and Louisville have no problems forcing turn teams to turn over the ball six or more times in a game. Eight or more times in a game. Bonus question. If I set the over-under at a half, one half, of forced turnovers for our defense against Miami, would you take the over or the under? I would like both Corey and Aslan's answer on that. Over. Yes. Over. 
Yes. This is the game. It's our time. It's our time. Yeah, it's one. You, you're due to get one, right? You're due. Absolutely. Like, it's not like Louisville's forcing six turnovers every quarter. It was a waterfall. Yeah. And maybe Florida State's in, due for just a waterfall, like an avalanche of turnovers. And they have, like, seven. They force seven. If they force seven turnovers, Aslan, dare I say they will put up 50 down there. Yeah. But, hey, let's baby steps. Let's just start with one. Why do you think there is a lack of turnovers? Is they, I mean, They're coached to, to – Go for the ball. I mean, they, they do that in the early periods of practice. You can see that in the video we're actually able to shoot and put up on the website. They they practice stripping the ball. They practice getting on the yep. ball. Um, I mean, I, and last year they ended the season with eight straight games with at least one interception, which was the longest streak in the country. And yeah. most of those guys are still here, um, still playing. So I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I wish I did. I don't. I, I mean, they're bad not, luck. They're not, you know, I mean, Renardo dropped the pick against Georgia Tech. You know, and greedy was dropped one against Wake. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, so they're in position, so you really can't blame it maybe on the coaching that much, or as well, much. Yeah, you sure you can. I mean, the coaching deserves blame and credit for things. Um, I I think that they don't teach zone well, so I don't think quarterbacks against Florida State are confused a lot. I don't think there's guys in windows that they don't expect to be there. Like all of a sudden, where'd that linebacker come from? He dropped into coverage, or where'd that? Uh, I didn't know that cornerback was going to come. I thought he was playing man, but he wasn't. Like they don't, they don't seem to really confuse offensive coordinators and quarterbacks a lot. But it was the same defense they played last year when they were one of the leaders in the conference in interceptions. So I, I legitimately don't know. I wish I did, gang. I wish I did. But maybe again, they're saving them all up for this stretch run. We can have ask. So I'll ask Adam Fuller about that, and then playing playing the eyes and the hands on Monday. Mm, there you go. Nice. Uh, thanks, guys. Nice. Helping me do my job. All right, we did it. We made it. It's over. Thanks for being here, everybody. Don't forget, War Chant Game Day presented by Zaxby starts at 6.30 with a one-hour pregame show with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang live right here on War Chant TV, our YouTube channel for warchant.com. The matchup analysis, War Chant Report, they're all up. We, Corey, I, and Ira, will be down in Miami Gardens for this game, giving you full wrap-up, the War Chant wrap, interviews, Corey's column, also, a post-game show on Warchant.com on the YouTube page. 10, 15 minutes after the game with Gene Williams and Tom Lang. Who covers a team like we do? Nobody. And all we ask is maybe a thumbs up, like, maybe 10 American dollars for a whole year of all this. Just a thought. That's all. Corey, thanks for doing this. Hey, Aslan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have me back. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you so much for listening to Wake Up Warchant. Presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.